Welcome to Reinventing Professionals, a podcast hosted by industry analyst Ari Kaplan, which shares ideas, guidance, and perspectives from market leaders shaping the next generation of legal and professional services. This is Ari Kaplan, and I'm speaking today with Jordana Confino, the founder of JC Coaching and Consulting, a company devoted to advancing the well being of the legal profession. She is also the assistant dean and an adjunct professor at Fordham Law School. Hi, Jordan. How are you? Hi, Ari. I am excellent and really delighted to be here with you this afternoon. So thank you for having me. I'm looking forward to this conversation. So tell us about your background and your work, both with JC Coaching and Consulting and at Fordham Law School. So I am a lawyer by trade and training, but my current work really grew out of my experience both in the school and in my first few years out. Let's just say that I was an extremely intense, high-achieving, one would from the outside looking in say, highly successful law student and junior lawyer, but I very quickly realized that I was nowhere near as energized or fulfilled or effective as I thought I could be. And the truth is, is that I felt myself burning out relatively early in my experience as a lawyer. And I think it was largely attributable to the way that I had approached both law school and my work as a lawyer and as a law clerk, which I did straight out. And I basically, at that point, once I hit a breaking point, I went to Google to discover what else was out there. It was actually a Google search on how to be happy that led me to discovering positive psychology, which led me to taking a certification course in it because I really wanted to learn how to be happy. And what I learned in that class completely blew my mind and made me realize that my whole formula, both for happiness, but also for professional success was backwards. And I had been doing it completely wrong, even though I thought that I was doing all of the things I needed to be doing. And I knew that I wasn't alone in that. 99% of the lawyers and law students that I had met were just as clueless in that regard as I had been. So at that point, I decided that it was my mission to take these things that I had learned and equip law students and lawyers with this tremendously invaluable information and these strategies so that they can apply them before they reach their own breaking points and enjoy really lasting satisfaction, but also sustainable success within the legal profession. What is that model that your research has found that so many law students and lawyers apply to happiness and success? Basically, everyone, most people subscribe to the trope that I just need to work hard enough. I just need to put my head down. I just need to work harder. And then when I'm successful, then I will be happy. And that that success, whatever those extrinsic, external markers of achievement that I get will then make me happy. They will give me the internal feelings that I crave. And the problem is many of us think that in order to achieve that external success that will make us then feel internally good, we forego everything that might actually make us feel good in the meanwhile. So our sleep, our exercise, our connections, 
tapping into things that actually align with our core values and our strengths. All of that seems like trivial distractions and things like breaks and self-care really go out the window. And again, so many law students and lawyers think, well, I have to do this in order to do the best work. And the crazy thing, the truly wild thing that I learned is that actually cultivating our well-being, tending to our personal health, our personal happiness, infusing ourselves with feelings of relatedness, connection, meaning, purpose, they actually make us so much more effective in our work too. So we're actually, it's so ironic that so many lawyers and law students are effectively handicapping themselves, making themselves unhappy, unhealthy, painfully lonely, because they think that that's what's necessary to make their work better. And in fact, by doing that, they're holding themselves back by being as effective as they could be, in addition to being happy and healthy. What do you teach in your positive lawyering course at Fordham Law? Positive lawyering is basically positive psychology for the high achieving lawyer or law student, because it's basic principles that apply to all humans. But as we know, lawyers and law students live in this unique, especially cutthroat, especially intense environment that I really think is just a microcosm of a lot of the stressors that take a toll on the mental health and well-being of all people. And so what we look at in positive lawyering, so positive psychology is the science of human happiness. So it's not just how do we diagnose and treat mental illness or what's wrong. It's how do we take people from neutral or zero to positive 10 or really flourishing. So we look at what are those essential building blocks of well-being and then how do we actually cultivate them? How can we increase our well-being? Because fortunately, the science shows that well-being is effectively a skill that we can cultivate. And it's not like we are set at our default set point of well-being or satisfaction in our lives. And in fact, all of the things that we think will drive those things, so namely our external circumstances, we think the job, the promotion, the grade, whatever it is, will increase our well-being. And actually, that's not true at all, because there's something that's called hedonic adaptation, which shows that basically we think that something will either dramatically increase or decrease our well-being. But the way that the human brain works is that we just acclimate to our new circumstances and return to where we started. So you think that the promotion is going to make you so happy. You think that winning the lottery will make you so happy. And what you see is sometimes there's a spike, but then people revert and they just set the goalpost even further. And so if you're trying to get external circumstances to bring you this satisfaction, you're never going to get it. You have to look to these internal things. And so namely, there's six elements. So positive emotions, engagement, relationships, meaning achievement, and then vitality, which is our physical health. And so we look at that in positive psychology. But the other thing that I really, I mean, in positive lawyering, the other thing, in addition to just the core principles of positive psychology we focus on, and this is something that's really inspired by the work that I do as a coach, is focusing on mindset and your relationship with yourself and the things that you're telling yourself all day, every day. And here, this gets really important for lawyers because we tend to be highly perfection, perfectionistic and ruthlessly self-critical. And again, we think that that's helping us. And all of the science shows that treating ourselves in that way is not only making us unhappy, it is actually dramatically stifling our performance, our cognitive functioning, our ability to learn and grow, our creativity, our innovation, and really 
holding us back from doing the best work that we could do. And so we focus a lot on reshaping that mindset and ditching this glorified image of perfectionism that we have and replacing it with what I like to call a superpower mindset that involves a lot of things that are counterintuitive, but the science shows are so much more likely to get you the results that you desire. So what can law students and lawyers do practically to get themselves to this point of optimal happiness? Yeah, I would say there's two things. So one, I would say focus on those foundational elements of well-being. And so namely things that lots of law students and lawyers give short shrift to. So their relationships, they think I don't have time to cultivate my relationships, invest in my relationships because I'm so busy. I have so much work to do. Actually, the science shows that even just micro moments of positive connection will cause your brain to release endorphins and serotonin that will actually make you more alert, more creative, better problem solver, more energy, and will infuse your work with a whole additional layer of purpose and effectiveness. So Even I'm not saying blow off your exams or blow off your work and just hang out with your friends for three days straight, but even finding those micro moments for connection throughout the day. Similarly, caring for your physical well-being. I know that our exercise is very important for you. It's shown to be so important for mental health as well as cognitive performance. Similarly, sleep is essential. Also, a sense of meaning and feeling like your work is aligned with your values or like your life is aligned with your values. So whatever those things that are most important to you, finding some way to feel like you're honoring them, even in little itty bitty ways every day, it does wonders in terms of not just happiness, but also retention, engagement, productivity, job performance, all of those things as well. So those elements I think are the one thing. And then the other thing I would say, going back to the mindset is, Look at the way you're talking to yourself. Really, really take note of it. And here, practicing mindfulness is helpful. I don't like to meditate at all, but I tell everyone that they should find ways to practice mindfulness, which you can do either through meditation or simply just, I like to call it stealth mindfulness, like bringing your awareness to the sensations in your body as you do basic practices like brushing your teeth. And so rather than getting lost in thought or scrolling on your phone, just focusing on what it feels like in your body to brush your teeth and you're training your awareness that way, you're cultivating mindfulness. And what happens when you cultivate mindfulness is you gain this ability to actually see your thoughts rather than just living your thoughts. And whereas a lot of people, you know, they have a thought and they just assume automatically it's fact. And it is me, like that thought is me. And that's not true. Our thoughts are just hardwired habits that we're used to doing because we've been doing them repeatedly for so long. And those thoughts, they came from somewhere, but that doesn't mean that that they're true and that doesn't mean that they're serving us. And so getting familiar with these thoughts and if you recognize that you are really treating yourself pretty horribly all day and you're telling yourself, you're not working enough, you're not smart enough, you're not good enough, you're lazy, you're stupid. I mean, I saw you smiling at me for a second, but I mean, those are thoughts that live. That was how I talked to myself for so long. That's how so many people talk to themselves and they think that they're right. And they also think that those thoughts are helping them. And all the science shows that even though we think that self-flagellation is the way to the best work, it's how we like motivate ourselves to do better. It actually dramatically undermines motivation 
and performance. And there is so much research I don't think we have time to go into backing that up. And so monitoring those thoughts and just thinking like, how is this thought actually making me feel? If it's making you feel deflated, if it's making you feel worthless, if it's making you feel not good enough, it's probably not making you do your best work, even if you think it is. And thinking like, what would be a more empowering thought that would actually give me the energy and the ability to step back and not say, oh, I'm terrible but maybe this isn't exactly as I want it. How could I actually do this more effectively? Or this is really hard. That doesn't mean I'm uniquely broken. It means that this is hard. And this is thing, something that's hard for a lot of people. So what can I do to kind of help myself restore my energy right now and just kind of recognize the fact that this is hard? And so I think working on your mindset in that way is another just, oh my gosh, it is truly a game-changing tool that lawyers and law students could use. Whose responsibility is it to ensure well-being? Is it the individual or their employer? Both. And I think this is really, really important to note because often when I'm teaching students or I'm working one-on-one with clients, they're like, why are you blaming the victim? Like our profession, our institutions are so broken. They are basically set up to make us miserable. So they're just kind of asking for us to fail. And the truth is, is that there are so many systemic and institutional issues within both law schools and the legal profession that must be changed. And that is something that I'm actively involved with on on that end. But the truth is that there, even within those contexts, there are things that individual lawyers and law students can and should be doing to fortify themselves and to maximize their well-being within the context that they're in. And there's so much work that you can do, even if you're in the exact same environment to determine whether you're at like a negative two versus a zero versus a four. And so What I like to do is empower people to do what they can now so that they can stay within the profession and keep lobbying for change in the way that we all must. But there is tons that employers and law schools need to do both because it's the right thing to do as a humanitarian issue, but also just the business case that we are much more effective when we're when we are well and when we are happy and when we are energized and when we are fueled and so it really is not economical for the employers to be burning and churning out their lawyers it would be much better as a business case to figure out what can we do to care for our lawyers so that they don't burn out so that they want to stay so they are engaged and can actually be doing their best work This is Ari Kaplan speaking with Jordana Confino, the founder of JC Coaching and Consulting, a company devoted to advancing the well-being of the legal profession. She is also an assistant dean and adjunct professor at Fordham Law School. Jordana, thanks so very much. Thank you so much for having me, Ari. This was great. Thank you for listening to the Reinventing Professionals podcast. Visit ReinventingProfessionals.com or AriKaplanAdvisors.com to learn more.